Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 80 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and I want to welcome you back to another week of Talking Undertaker merchandise, memories, and more. And as always, if you have not done so already, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave me a five-star rating and review wherever possible, and make sure to hit the uh, subscribe button on my YouTube channel, as that's where you'll find all of my watch-alongs, toy hunts, unboxings, and more. I hope that uh, you are enjoying what I'm putting out there, hopefully every bi-weekly to monthly. And there is plenty to look forward to in the future as well as another gimmick match watch-along coming your way next weekend. And a another watch-along uh, happening with Canaanite 10, hopefully happening within the next month or so. And uh, plenty more unboxings and toy hunts coming your way as well. But that's enough housekeeping for now. Let's go right into Tales from the Grave. We'll talk about Undertaker news, Undertaker figure news, and wrap it up with my top five or top ten list of the week. Tales from the Grave. So let's start off with Undertaker figure news. Not nothing really new um, since last time, uh, since last episode. Uh, the Ringside Collectibles has put up the Championship Showdown Series 13 Batista and Undertaker for pre-order. That should be coming our way sometime in May. Uh, the New Legends Series uh, with the uh, 1997 Champion Undertaker should be coming our way around July. Um, and there is the WrestleMania Access happening in two weeks, so hopefully we'll be able to see more ironed out time frames and timelines especially for the ruthless aggression uh series four undertaker uh i know that should be coming our way probably around uh july as well uh because uh series three is just starting to hit walmart stores right now uh so i'm just basing it off of the the quarter three-ish area so July should be when the new Legends series hits, the new uh, Ruthless Aggression series hits, and hopefully around that time Ringside should be putting up the uh, next Greatest Hits series for pre-order, which also will include The Undertaker. So plenty of that stuff coming our way. Hopefully we get more Undertaker reveals at WrestleMania Access. I know that they are uh, currently doing a Ruthless Regression Ultimate Edition line for Walmart, with Series 1 being Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, and Series 2 being Rob Van Dam and Brock Lesnar. So we can only hope that uh, the Undertaker Ultimate will be the 2006-2007 era of the Undertaker. So, fingers crossed on that. Hopefully we get to see some prototypes or some reveals of The Undertaker stuff coming our way around WrestleMania season. And also there is that um, next crowdfunding project coming our way as well. And there's talk that it could be a hell in the cell for the uh, anniversary of The Undertaker-Mankind match. I would love to uh, back a Ultimate Undertaker, a part of that. Uh, I know it would be somewhat close to The Ultimate Undertaker we have already gotten. Um, just with some, maybe some different head scans, a different cloak without the back headpiece. 
Um, so we shall see what comes about that. If it's not the cell, I would love anything to do with Undertaker. I mean, I've talked about this before. I would love a um, funeral parlor set. I would love a SmackDown fist entrance stage with uh, a Ruthless Aggression style Undertaker. I would love any type of thing that they can um, do with the Undertaker because they can do so much. Uh, so hopefully that will be revealed around access time as well. But that's it for Undertaker figure news. Nothing really concrete right now, but hopefully uh, in two weeks or so, um, there'll be plenty more news. And that is when my next episode will be dropping as I will be breaking down WrestleMania access reveals. Now in terms of Undertaker news, he is everywhere this past week or so. He has been on podcasts uh, with Chris Van Vliet. He has been on a, a podcast with the Daily Mail and uh, with Mike Tyson. And I think the last time, uh, for the last episode I recorded, uh, I talked about the Tony Hawk one. So um, plenty of new stuff what Undertaker is talking about in the uh, Chris Van Vliet podcast and Daily Mail one. Undertaker has been, you know, given a open door policy from Triple H to come be a, uh, a personal coach and trainer uh, at any WWE event, whether it be a pay-per-view, a Raw, a SmackDown, NXT, or the Performance Center. Undertaker said he is always welcome there. He has given a open-door policy that he can be a coach at any time. It is something he is uh, looking into. He has uh, enjoyed his One Dead Man shows. It is something that uh, he has to... Uh, transition himself from being a full-time wrestling performer to being someone that's you know has, does these one dead man shows with this a different type of crowd interaction uh, but he's enjoying it he's loving uh, the, the this new stage of his life um, he's talked about how much he appreciates his co-workers his fans and his family uh, something we always knew about Undertaker, how much he loves his fans, how much he loves the people he's worked with, and his family, of course. Um, talking about the John Cena match, he trained for a 35-40 minute match, came to WrestleMania only to be told by Vince that it's going to be a 5 minute squash. Undertaker was on the verge of walking out of WrestleMania, that he was not going to go out. He um, wanted John Cena to back him up. John Cena says that... He agrees with Vince it should be a squash match because of what John Cena was talking so much about him like that. Um, so Undertaker went out there just because of, you know, getting, you know, uh, two on one against, you know, Vince and Cena ganging up on him. Uh, but yeah, it would have been so much nicer if that match would have been longer. I could have definitely saw maybe a 20, 25 minute classic between Undertaker and Cena, since Undertaker looked amazing, definitely revitalized in that match. Uh, definitely would have loved a 20-25 minute match there. I know where Cena and Vince were coming from, that Undertaker just needed to come out there, totally squash and put Cena to rest about uh, everything that Cena was talking about. I can definitely see the point there. I think that that's a great way to utilize Undertaker even now. That, you know, Undertaker, even though Undertaker thinks, you know, says that, you know, his body can't take it or he doesn't, can't live up to the hype 
of having himself on the card. I think doing what he did to Cena at WrestleMania 34 is definitely a way that they can uh, use The Undertaker if they ever want to use him in a match. But I definitely think that a nice 20-25 minute match between him and Cena would have been uh, greatly appreciated. But I can also see the other flip side of that coin too as what they were going for. Um, While talking to the Daily Mail, Undertaker talking about uh, CM Punk. Uh, So different sorts of questions on that one. Um, You know, they asked him any truth to the social media rumors of them not getting along or him uh, squashing any type of push. And Undertaker says that he doesn't pay attention to social media rumors because that's what they all are, the rumors. They don't know what's happening on in the business, what's happening on backstage. Uh, and this is case in point because he says he's never had uh, anything bad to say about CM Punk. Uh, they got along great. Uh, they always worked well together. And he really has nothing bad to say about him. He hopes he's doing good. And they always were you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. Uh, especially with the WrestleMania match. And he says he was always good to do business with. He was uh, always good to talk to. And he says that's why you shouldn't pay attention to social media rumors because these, you know, they don't know what actually they're talking about. And that's the case with a lot of things when we talk about Undertaker or any other type of wrestler. Social media rumors get out of hand. You know, as they talk about Undertaker and Canyon, for example. You know, people just inferring things that aren't true. And Undertaker basically squashed all social media rumors in this podcast interview saying people shouldn't listen to that because they don't know what's happening on behind that scenes. And basically, Undertaker has built this reputation of what he also says in that um, interview as well that he's never gone behind somebody's back he's never ratted them out to upper management for anything they've done they've always he's always wanted a good communication and good uh, friendships between everybody he's worked with and he says that he is um, you know and everybody knew how close he is to Vince McMahon Bruce Pritchard and Pat Patterson and he's never gone behind people's back to rat them out to management or worked against them in any way. And that speaks to Undertaker's character as the locker room leader and, you know, basically shows you, you know, what you really should believe. You know, you should believe those wrestlers that have nothing bad to say against him as opposed to social media rumors and so-and-so called fans. But it was also nice to see Undertaker talk that he was uh, so close to Pat Patterson, um, and, and further confirming, you know, and he just goes on in detail about his relationship with Vince, and um, nothing else we've really not known in that regard as well. So yeah, that's basically the Undertaker news as well over the past couple weeks, just appearing on podcasts, you know, building up the One Dead Man show in. Uh, Las Vegas and in LA for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, so if you, if anybody listening is going to any of those shows, uh, please reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know what the Undertaker talks about. Anything groundbreaking? Anything new? Uh, I would love to hear if anybody's going to that. I would love to hear uh, the stories that are told. So definitely reach out. 
uh, my DMs are always open. And so that makes our way to the top five, top ten list of the week. And since it is WrestleMania season and during Taker's Mark, I am, you know, further going through my favorite WrestleMania matches. I know I probably won't hit them all before, you know, the WrestleMania pay-per-view happens. So I figure that this week will be a top ten countdown of my top ten favorite WrestleMania matches. And I know last week when I kicked off Taker's Mark, I talked about the Boneyard match. And this week I will go into detail about another, one of my another favorite matches that are on these on this list. But I figured I'd get my top 10 favorite Undertaker WrestleMania matches out of the way uh, for my top 10 list of this week. And um, just gives, you know, it, it, it's basically half of what Undertaker has competed in. Undertaker has competed in 27 WrestleManias, uh, 25 victories, 2 losses. So basically my rules for this list is I'm only going to be using one person uh, once. Um, So if he fought somebody multiple times, I'm only going to be putting my favorite match on this list of when they fought that person. So if it's Shawn Michaels, Kane, and Triple H, if they made it on this list of my top 10 favorite WrestleMania matches... Um, it's got to be, you know, I'm only using their name once, uh, just picking out my favorite match of them. And that's basically my basic rule of this list because Undertaker's WrestleMania matches, whether it be uh, during the streak or after the streak, they um, they all are special. And Undertaker's a special performer that made WrestleMania special. So whether he was 21-0 or whether he was 25-2, uh, he made uh, the event something to uh, just a special thing to watch. So we're going to start off with some honorable mentions, and uh, my two honorable mentions are uh, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32 and uh, Diesel at WrestleMania 12. I feel like those two are very underrated for what they are. Uh, Shane McMahon definitely gets overlooked because it's a um, a post streak match it's a hell in the cell um and it's you know it's Shane McMahon which a lot of people uh don't give enough credit for himself as well uh, but I know it was a thrown together uh storyline because of a lot of people being injured at that time I think Undertaker was actually scheduled to fight John Cena that year uh, but John Cena was out with an injury uh so they had to reshift their focus uh, so I know that there is a lot of um you know that WrestleMania has a lot of people, you know, out with injuries around that time, and they had to put throw something together for the Undertaker. So the uh, Shawn, the uh, Shane McMahon match is definitely underrated in my uh, my point of view, and so is the Diesel one because Undertaker is also not, he's known for working best with the smaller uh, athletes like Triple H, like Shawn Michaels, um, you know, like many of the people that are going to be on this list, and so the Diesel match definitely gets overlooked. Uh, but I enjoy it all the time that I watch it, much like the Psycho Sid match. Uh, but definitely the uh, Diesel match I like a little bit better. It's a little more, uh, less shenanigans from the Bret Hart interference. Um, I know that that closing moments where Psycho Sid with Undertaker winning the title is worth it. Uh, but I just like the, the back and forth match between Diesel a little bit more. And the, the Shane McMahon match is definitely something... Um, to definitely give it a rewatch if you haven't watched it in a while. So those are my two honorable mentions. 
And so we kick it off now with number 10 of my top 10 favorite WrestleMania matches. And kicking us off at number 10 is WrestleMania 31 against Bray Wyatt. It is Undertaker's bounce back match from losing his streak prior in the prior year, WrestleMania 30 to Brock Lesnar. And people didn't know what to expect from The Undertaker. They didn't know which Undertaker they were getting. They didn't know what kind of shape he was going to be in. And they didn't know, um, you know, what kind of match he was going to be able to provide to the fans. And he knocked it out of the park with Bray Wyatt. Very underrated match. I always love going back and rewatching it. Definitely do so if you have not done so recently. Um, they work very well together, as you saw all through 2015, especially near the end. It's that Survivor Series match, definitely one of my favorite, um, uh, you know, more recent year Undertaker matches. So, uh, yeah, that Undertaker looked great, definitely bounced back from his uh, loss in the prior year, made people forget about that, and just gave, you know, gave a new... Uh, revitalized him as a character and a performer and you can see uh, how well that match is as compared to the Brock Lesnar match where he's concussed during it uh, that this this match definitely stands out as one of his uh, breakthrough performances in his latter year career so that is uh, number 10 on my list number 9 is WrestleMania 14 the first uh, match against Kane just what what left is there to say against the um, about the Undertaker and Kane rivalry? You know this was the catalyst. This you know that first that first match meant so much. Just the the pomp of both entrances and the you know the flying through the air through the announce table, the three tombstones, just the storyline behind it's just amazing. And Undertaker and Kane. Uh, very, you know, they work so well with each other and work so well against each other. Um, you know, it's it's it was very, uh, just very cool, I would say, just to see that um, and f experience that. I'm sure in that arena at that time, but uh, I just I just love rewatching that. I love going back to watch that rivalry unfold and to have that culminate at WrestleMania 14 in that match. I think. I, I really think that and the Inferno match is probably their two best matches together. And there's, it's very, it's, you know, it's, it can be flip-flop which one do you think is better match. And I just love them both. And that's why the WrestleMania 14 Kane match out, outdid the WrestleMania 21 uh, and made it onto uh, my list at number 9. And coming in at number 8 is WrestleMania 18 against Ric Flair. Just like, uh, much like Bray Wyatt, very underrated, um, you know, with the run-in from Arn Anderson to the uh, Ric Flair uh, bouncing around for Undertaker's moves, Undertaker being, you know, big evil, the heel in this match, uh, doing all he can to get Ric Flair to accept this match, uh, going as far as beating up his own, beating up Ric Flair's own son. Um, you know, it's it's always cool to see Undertaker as a heel to see what he can accomplish in that type of role as we see in like the Ministry of Darkness and in the and the the big evil undisputed champion era I I, um, I just love um, the Ric Flair match it's very underrated doesn't get enough love and that final closing of you know the 10 fingers 10 and 0 um, yeah and it's just it's just special you know also being in uh, that 
that awesome entrance with the the motorcycle and being in Canada with the with the crowd is a lot more hot um, definitely gives this uh, edge up to uh, Ric Flair at number eight and speaking of edge he comes in at number seven at WrestleMania 24 for the World Heavyweight Championship and um, you know Edge and Taker they perfect perfect balance Undertaker being the the fan favorite, Edge being the the shit heel, Edge playing that part perfectly with Vicky Guerrero and the Edge heads and everything else that he tried to surround himself with, just trying all he can to outmatch and outwit the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and um, that match with uh, you know Undertaker's first submission victory at WrestleMania, having Edge tap out to the uh, the Hell's Gate. And winning the uh, World Heavyweight Championship for the second year back-to-back. Uh, definitely special. Definitely special being the main event of the uh, WrestleMania. Something that he was definitely cheated out of the prior year of WrestleMania 23. And, um, you know, just having him close the show with the, the World Heavyweight title. Definitely special. And definitely something... Um, is definitely something uh, worthwhile in the the history of not only the streak but of Wrestlemania and uh, number six Randy Orton at Wrestlemania 21 uh, the first time that the streak I think really came into play with them counting down from the the third the 12 victories and Orton being unlucky number 13 um, you know you definitely feel like Randy Orton may have been the one to end it all before it actually you know got up and rolling uh, you know the new up-and-comer legend killer um, You know he had he had everything that it was possible to beat the Undertaker even going as far as having his own father out there to, for distraction But Undertaker proving you know once again he knows what it takes to outwit the best and the youngest doesn't matter uh, and the, you know the reversal of the tombstone into the RKO and the choke slam and having you know Earl Hebner officiate the match, you know everything just works so well there. At Undertaker working so well with Randy Orton. Um, I don't even know. I don't even remember how that actually took place. That feud, how it started. I think it was Randy Orton was a Raw superstar, so it was like a Raw versus SmackDown type of thing at that time. Um, and I remember that slap. He slapped the Undertaker at the contract signing, and all the uh, awesome. Uh, mind games Undertaker would play with shooting lightning and just like the the uh, the firewall, um, you know, um, barring Orton from the ring. I love that stuff, and I love the the storyline that they chose with the legend versus legend killer. And could he end the streak before it actually becomes a major thing? Love that um, what they were able to accomplish there. And uh, definitely deserves to be on anybody's top 10 Undertaker WrestleMania list. So uh, Randy Orton comes in at number 6. And another, it's like a just an evolution uh, type of thing, just back to back to back. Number 5, Batista at WrestleMania 23. Undertaker winning his first World Heavyweight Championship and no better way to win it than at WrestleMania. Coming off the uh, Royal Rumble victory earlier that year. Thinking Undertaker is going to be main eventing the show. Should have main evented, but he still had, you know, a prominent place on the card. You know, being introduced by Teddy Long. 
that iconic entrance of his silhouette and the druids and just everything that Batista and Taker threw at each other. Two monsters and just laying the groundwork for that year-long feud that they had. Uh, that awesome match that they would have at Backlash, Cyber Sunday, Survivor Series. Undertaker and Batista knew how to work together. They clicked so well and just so glad that Undertaker was able to win the World Heavyweight Championship after being a Royal Rumble winner. That means so much more to this match and just so many good memories surrounding WrestleMania 23. That's why it had to make its way in the, the, the upper half of this list at number 5. And coming in at number four is the Boneyard match. AJ Styles, WrestleMania 36. Uh, they, Undertaker and AJ did something that you know, they thought outside the box to make that WrestleMania match special. When other performers were, you know, fighting in an empty arena, you know, it's definitely something that really hit home that the pandemic was uh, something to be concerned about. And, you know, it's closing down everything. It's closing down WrestleMania, of all things. That AJ Styles and Undertaker did something you know, out of the box, out of the ordinary, made WrestleMania feel special in that moment. Headlining night one, Undertaker once again main eventing WrestleMania. And just everything that they were able to accomplish in that mini-movie match. From the, the write-off into the eat to the, uh, the, the moonlight... Uh, the the mixture of American Badass and Dead Man Undertaker with Able to Command Flames and the the Badass Persona just you can see why this is you know match of the year how much it's loved how Undertaker decided to have that be the cap off to his career it's amazing what they were able to do it's an amazing match it's amazing for its time and what they were uh, able to make that WrestleMania feel special. That's why it comes in at number four on my list. So we're down to the final three. And it's, you know, probably Undertaker's best three matches uh, from these three people. Uh, and kick it off with number three, uh, CM Punk at WrestleMania 29. The the last of the official streak matches, where Undertaker goes 21-0. Uh, Undertaker just... Um, fighting for the the memory and the honor of Paul Bearer. And that, you know, you, you hate to say, you know, what would have happened if Paul Bearer didn't die, but Paul Bearer's death added so much to the storyline that I know that he would be proud of being a part of this. Being a part of Undertaker's last final streak match at WrestleMania, um, you know, just having everything go hand in hand. Uh, together, CM Punk and Undertaker working amazing together as they always do uh, with the addition of Paul Heyman and that urn, thinking CM Punk was able to do it, you know, thinking that the urn would be the catalyst to the Undertaker's downfall, using it against him. And just the the, the ability to counter tombstones and to go to sleeps and go to sleeps into tombstones. Uh, the the emotion in the match spoke so much between the two men and having The Undertaker come up victorious for Paul Bear was definitely the right call here. And it's just an amazing match. It's an amazing match to go out on for the streak. And definitely always rewatch that if you're able to have the chance because it, it just it means so much not only to the history of The Undertaker but to the history of the WrestleMania as well. 
So the final two. Final two is probably The Undertaker's greatest rivals, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. But where do they two lie on my list? Well, coming in at number two is Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. The first of a four-part long story between the two men. Um, Shawn Michaels, heaven and hell between The Undertaker. Kicking off the, the four-part uh, saga between two with Shawn Michaels and two with Triple H. Uh, four amazing matches. Easily all four could have been on this list if I didn't have that caveat of you know one superstar uh, only if he's fought them multiple times. But definitely all four could have been on this list. Uh, WrestleMania 25, instant classic. You know, match of the year. Everybody always says, you know, how great that match is. Undertaker, always going on record of saying that's his one of his proudest matches. And you can see why. It's You have nothing bad really to say about it. You know, unless you count the, the uh, jump over the ropes not being caught and basically knocking himself unconscious because of that guy's uh, inability to catch Undertaker. But other than that, flawless match and definitely something that um, etched in Undertaker and Shawn Michaels' legacy for what they were able to accomplish uh, at that stage of their career. Definitely, that's why it comes in at number two. At number one, Triple H, WrestleMania 28. The cap-off of the four-part long story where Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 started it, Triple H at WrestleMania 28 ends it. And you really felt like this could have been the one to break it. If you know, if you made it past this to get to CM Punk, you thought he could have done it. But definitely here, Triple H, uh, with the addition of Shawn Michaels being the guest referee, everything working against The Undertaker, so to speak, in the Hell in a Cell where there is no rules, where Shawn Michaels could have easily have uh, counted for Triple H faster than a normal count. Uh, could have gotten himself involved, more involved than what he did. Uh, definitely something that uh, gave you that that feeling of disbelief or a feeling of doubt that Undertaker may ha- may be losing that one. Uh, especially coming off the WrestleMania 27 where he was not able to walk out on his own power. Uh, gave you it gave you even more doubt. Could Undertaker actually pull it off? Could he beat Triple H two years in a row with now the addition of Shawn Michaels? Well, that's what just makes a good story. That's what makes that rivalry between uh, all three men uh, amazing and uh, just good storytelling. And they were able to knock it out of the park. That that sweet chin music to the pedigree I thought was it. I thought that would have been the, the perfect cap off to it. For it showing that not one man could beat it, but two men would have to beat him, uh, and then of course the giving Triple H the same exact things that Triple H gave Undertaker, the sledgehammer shot, the chair shots, and then capping it off with Undertaker's best, the Tombstone Piledriver, that uh, just signals the end uh, for Triple H and for that four-part story, capping off the end of an era. And caps off my WrestleMania top 10 list. I would uh, love to hear yours in the comments. If it is different, I would love to know uh, what you thought I got right, what you thought I got wrong. I would love to hear yours and uh, make sure to give me your top 10 list as well. And um, just 
And this is always something fun to do around WrestleMania time. Take another step back, look at Undertaker's matches, see how which ones are my favorite, and see if it changes from year to year. Uh, but that is the uh, top 10 list of the week. And now we move on to weekly purchases. So I say what, uh, so I could tell what I got added to my collection in the past two weeks. Welcome to Weekly Purchases. At Weekly Purchases, that's why I talk about what came through the mail, uh, what I was able to pick up in store to add to my collection in the past couple weeks or so. Now, this, uh, what entered in my collection these couple weeks is not a lot. Not a lot in this time, but a lot of stuff ordered and pre-ordered. So, in the next couple of uh, weeks, hopefully a lot to talk about. So, I won't give away any spoilers. Make you guys um, anticipate what I can talk about to enter in my collection. Uh, but... I was able to, I, I will divulge what I pre-ordered. I did pre-order the championship showdown two-pack with Batista offering side. So use any discount code you may like so you can get your own Undertaker Batista championship showdown two-pack. Um, but I got myself off of eBay. I got myself a the Treacherous Trios Undertaker Batista Great Kali three-pack. So I only have uh, two more Treacherous Trios packs to get to complete that collection. So if anybody's got a good deal on the Undertaker, Batista, and Teddy Long, or the Undertaker, Big Show, and Great Kali Treacherous Trios, definitely let me know, because those are the last two I need. Um, I was able to pick up a Undertaker Hot Wheels um, truck like a, a semi-truck back from 2010. Uh, they made two different versions, one in 2010, one in 2014. So definitely still on the lookout for the 2014 version, but I was able to pick up the 2010 version uh, this week. It also included uh, Undertaker trading cards. One of them uh, was a, uh, a variant from the 1999 SmackDown uh, trading card set. Also, I was able to get a Undertaker um, ice cream bar trading card. Those trading cards that came with the ice cream bars during the Attitude Era. Uh, Undertaker's card was included in that. So that was awesome to uh, find. Um, by way of my awesome friend Canaanai10, he sent me an Undertaker vending machine sticker. Uh, those are always uh, super cool. They just like trading cards. Always cool to have uh, that added to my collection. And just looking around, see if anything else I got these past couple weeks. That is that is it. Um, I think I did talk about the Undertaker Ministry sealed bendums. I got uh, two weeks ago. I think I talked about that in my last episode. But if I didn't, I got that to complete my sealed Bendoms collection. Uh, so that was a, a, a great find for me. And plenty of other things to come, as I said at the top of the weekly purchases. Uh, definitely some uh, major grails and stuff to mark off my checklist that I can't wait to talk about in the next coming weeks or so. 
So that is it for weekly purchases, and now we move on to Taker's Mark, where I dive a little deeper into one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. Taker's Mark. So last week I talked a little bit more about the Boneyard match against AJ Styles, saying that is one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. And earlier in this episode, I talked about my top 10 favorite Undertaker matches. So just going through a just a little bit of more of a rundown of one of my favorite matches. And I will go through uh, the CM Punk match at WrestleMania 29. I know we talked a little bit about that at the top of the episode with Undertaker talking about um, that match on that uh, Daily Mail podcast this week. Talked a little bit more about that in my top 10 um, countdown list. And just to dive a little deeper here in talking more about it, it is definitely a WrestleMania I remember vividly. It's going to be, I can't believe, 10 years already um, since that feud, since that WrestleMania match. Definitely one of my favorite um, WrestleManias. They just... Uh, WrestleMania feels so much different and so much better when Undertaker is competing on it. And definitely just looking back at that streak, how much the streak meant to WrestleMania itself, uh, to the wrestlers who would be chosen to fight the Undertaker at WrestleMania definitely meant a lot. And just, you know, Undertaker's, you, you really got to see Undertaker's relationship with Paul Bearer uh, a more of a personal side during this feud and during this match. You got to see how Undertaker um, truly is emotional as a person and how he actually, you know, how much Paul Bearer meant not only to The Undertaker and Kane but to WWE as a whole. Uh, definitely a void uh, created after Paul Bearer died. Uh, you know, him not coming back for major uh, angles and promos and. WrestleMania seasons, definitely uh, you can see that void and you can see that here in this feud of how much Paul Bearer meant to the WWE Universe. And I think using that as a catalyst for CM Punk and The Undertaker's WrestleMania feud and the, the match itself uh, definitely was a the right call, the right decision. I know some people may think it was you know crossing a line or too macabre. Uh, because of the person dying. But I think, you know, sports entertainment, Paul Bear would have loved it to be a part of Undertaker's uh, streak once again, whether he was there or not. Um, just having that, um, the urn, and Paul Heyman now taking that place of using the urn uh, against the Undertaker. And, you know, just the things that how Undertaker and CM Punk were able to work with each other uh, you know, Undertaker again working with a smaller wrestler that uh, showcased the Undertaker's moves a lot better than big people were able to do. And Undertaker just showing how much, how proud he is of that match and that feud uh, definitely uh, makes that match, you know, mean so much more in hindsight. Uh, so definitely, if you have not rewatched that recently, definitely go back. And rewatch WrestleMania uh, 29 um, and see The Undertaker versus CM Punk, the last of the streak match, 
and, and just look for the little nuances. Look for the uh, GTS counted into the tombstone and the tombstone counted into the GTS and all that uh, good back and forth action. As it kept the crowd on the edge of their seats and definitely match of the night. Um, definitely main event worthy if I had my call. Uh, but we all know who went on the main event that year. And, you know, that Rock and Cena is probably the bigger story, but Undertaker and CM Punk stole the show. And um, that, you know, Undertaker's emotion flooding out at the end, winning the match for Paul Bearer's memory and legacy is, um, it just means a whole lot. So that is Taker's Mark for this week. And I will, uh, in two weeks, round when I do my special episode, talk about the WrestleMania access reveals. Uh, and I do my other uh, episode 81 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast, we will unpack a another WrestleMania match um, to round out WrestleMania season. So now we move on to the last part of the show, one of my favorite parts of the show, Buried Alive. Yes, Spirit Alive. That's why I take a weird piece of Undertaker merchandise, talk about it, uh, rip it apart, and throw it into the ash heap of Undertaker merchandise hell to be Buried Alive. And this week, um, the recommendation for Buried Alive comes to us from valued listener um, Randy Turco, uh, who talks about Undertaker on... Uh, checks and credit cards that's right you've heard that right back in 1998 the WWF was red hot it was the Attitude Era they were putting their superstars on everything and that includes checks and not just novelty checks these are actual bank checks that you were able to order from your bank and they would be actual checks people would write to pay um, day-to-day things. Undertaker was definitely, uh, Undertaker was one of the checks, uh, along with Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course. Uh, I think Sable and Rock were also uh, check um, options. But I remember the Undertaker on a check. Not only do I remember the advertisement, I think I remember my parents actually ordering Undertaker checks. Because even at six and a half years old, I was so high on The Undertaker at that age and, you know, everything. Basically, I have not changed in the uh, 20-something years later. If I can get my hands or have them get their hands on anything Undertaker, I was right there first in line. And it was such a bogus idea WWF had about putting the superstars on checks. But hey, I guess it worked. At least worked for me and my family. And nowadays they have credit cards. Undertaker is a credit card option from Credit One, from WWE's um, credit card, um, the the credit card partner. Uh, you can get the WWE logo, any type of current star, and of course the Undertaker. Uh, so Undertaker still uh, a fixture of uh, finance and currency type products from the WWE. Uh, so that is definitely buried alive for this week because who would have thought that The Undertaker would be 
you know, making his way onto credit cards and checks. Um, certainly not me, but here we are, 2023 Undertaker is a fixture of the WWE credit card. And in 1998-1999, he was on WWE bank checks. So thank you, Randy, for pointing that out. Thank you for unearthing that unlocked memory. And that is the Buried Alive segment of the week. So thank you all, Creatures of the Night, for sticking with me here for episode 80 and for sticking with me for each and every bi-weekly or monthly episode as I come to you with only the best content uh, here at the Collecting Dead Man podcast. So I hope you will join me again in two weeks as I break down the WrestleMania Access reveals and come to you with episode 81. So until then, same taker time, same taker channel, as we keep on rolling, baby. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.